Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University. The university where you learn everything that is going on in the world of pop culture and see what life lessons you can learn from it for your own life based on what celebrities are going through. So it is educational and inspirational. How perfect is that? I am your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. 3.1 million followers. You could be my 3.2 million follower. I need like 30,000 more though, so you probably won't. But you also could, so you should go follow me right now. Um... If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. We are back to the grind. I had a really chill weekend, like a very self-love, just do whatever I please, get some work done. Like I felt good about this weekend and I feel rested and whatever. So I stuck to my diet good this weekend. And I was at the gym today, and I swear to you, someone was taking a photo of me at the gym again, or a video of me, or something. That should be fucking illegal. This happened to me about two weeks ago with this creepy old man. He undoubtedly turned his phone sideways to get a photo of me. He was looking in my direction, and I was death staring him the whole time. Who knows what he wanted to do with that photo. I didn't go up to him, though, because I didn't have proof, and I didn't want to be crazy, so I just stared at him intently to see if he would do it again and he saw I was staring at him but I didn't give a fuck and then today it was a young boy who I look up from doing one of my leg press sets and I look like right up and he's on the machine across from me and he's holding his phone like he's looking down and the phone is like kind of like in his lap area but the phone is facing directly forward so he wouldn't be able to see it from that angle he was clearly videotaping something in front of him and that was me so it's like what the fuck was he doing that for? It's insane. It's disrespectful, And it, I don't think it's for a good thing. I think it's for a bad thing that these people are doing this. I think they're making fun of me. It's probably maybe they don't like my gym outfit. Maybe they don't like my short shorts, whatever. But in the past at my gym, I've heard people call me a faggot in the bathroom. Like, I just hate when people take photos of me at the gym and I feel so unsafe. And that happened to me today. And I was just so pissed off for like an hour. I was like, why can I not just exist? at a gym and not have someone take a photo of me or something some people come up to me at the gym and say the nicest things like my legs look good or you know oh do you remember me from high school like things like that like someone came up to me and said that to me today like there's some good people at the gym and there's just some annoying motherfuckers and that's why people are shy and anxious to go to the gym sometimes because there's these harassers and bullies and people go out of their way to make people who are already in a vul- in a vulnerable situation, lifting away in a funny position at the gym, feel even more awkward and bad. It's just disgusting. And some things about gym culture are so fucked up. But that happened to me about like a few hours ago because I go at night and it really annoyed me. So next time that happens, I have two people on my shit list now. I will make a huge fucking scene and I don't care what happens. And I'll record it for my TikTok. But uh. Yeah, speaking of drama, so much to talk about today. We need to talk about all the Grammys stuff going on. It was such a fun night, but there's also a lot of controversy. So there's like three major controversies we must talk about. You're going to die. And then we need to talk about the winners, of course, the biggest awards in music. We needed to discuss who we thought deserved it, 
who didn't. My two cents, my anger. And we're going to end with the what would you like to share with the class segment, a super fun segment where I share some of your personal drama, one of the listeners with the whole class. And so we can all basically uh, laugh at you. Just kidding. It's so we can commiserate with you. So you can just feel less alone in the bullshit going on in your life. But before we get into everything, make sure you rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a cute little review, screenshot yourself listening to it and post it to your Instagram story and tag me and I'll hit you up. I always do. Um, Tuesday, Friday, don't forget. Tell your mom, tell your parole officer, tell your tell your stalker who's outside your windows right now. Tell everyone. And without further ado, class, take your seats. Pop Culture University is in session. The 2023 Grammys. I really think it will be a night in pop culture that will be remembered. And I had so much fun from start to finish watching it. I hope you guys watch it because we're going to get into it. So if you didn't, you know, you're about to get all the drama. But it was so fun. It was like the return of a real award show, in my opinion. It just gave me that award show feeling that it's so spectacular and over the top. And the biggest stars were all within like a 50-foot proximity of each other, like in the few front rows. And I actually liked how... They had them all sitting at round tables. I think that's kind of fun because when they're in just like rows in an audience, they don't really get to interact that much or they're turning around and it's awkward. There's not a lot of space to take photos and for activities and stuff. So I love the round table thing. The seating chart was so good. They had like Adele and Lizzo together at a table. They had like Taylor Swift and Lotto at a table, which was so random. Um, They had like Sam Smith with Kim Petras and joined the Rock Johnson, went and sat with Adele and Lizzo. It was so cool to see them all interact. Taylor Swift was pretty close to like Harry Styles. They were talking a bit. It just felt like, wow, like the all the big stars are really here. Because some of these award shows in the last few years, there's kind of just like the B-list celebrities or the new people who are coming up. And we love them. We get excited by them. I'm talking about like Lil Nas X or Cardi B, Camila Cabello, uh, Anita. We like those people, but we like when the veterans who we have a deep bond with show up. That makes it so exciting. And we had such a good mix of newer stars and younger stars. I didn't want the night to end. Did you guys notice that the Grammys went over time by 46 minutes? That is a long ass time to go over time. That must have been really expensive for CBS because every like minute you're over time or something, you have to pay a certain amount of dollars. So 46 minutes over time. So it was a total runtime of three hours and 46 minutes. But I was living for it. I was there for the four-hour show. Uh, It's only once a year. So I was like, you know what? It should be four hours every single year. And some of these performances were taking so long. They didn't need like that DJ Khaled performance. Uh, They didn't need a few of the country performances. I'm sorry. They just didn't. Let's be honest. Let's just skip through those anyway. That was like basically commercials that were playing. Me and my friend were saying that watching together. Like we just kept gossiping together when they were playing. We were like, oh, basically just still commercials. Um... I like that they didn't play people off stage, though. I thought that was really cool. 
because it's so disrespectful when someone works their whole life to win a Grammy and then you only get a 10 second acceptance speech until the band is playing so loud that you literally are tuned out. The show also had really good ratings. So it looks like the Grammys may be coming back. For a second there, I feel like we all kind of thought the Grammys were going to be something of the past because the last few years they were really going down in viewership below the 10 million viewer mark. And in its heyday, like 90s or whatever, it was getting like 20 million views, almost 30 million views, like crazy viewership on this award show. That's why it's so respected because of just the history of how much people used to be excited for it. And it's been going down a lot. But this year they had almost 13 million viewers. So that's very good. Beyonce probably brought those. Taylor brought those. Uh, I think it's just a matter of the big stars that they had. So they better start giving them the awards they deserve if they want them to come back. You know what I'm saying? But with every good award show comes some good controversy. Ooh, and there was last night. And it was very exciting to watch. So let's get into all the tea of the Grammys. And if you didn't see the show, this is all the drama that you need to know. Okay, so... Take out your pens and pencils. Get your notebooks open because we're about to go over it, class. So one of the probably the biggest controversies of the night was from a seemingly innocent moment after the Harry Styles won for Album of the Year. Yes, Harry's House. Excuse me, green tea, music for sushi restaurant. One album of the year we're gonna get into the winners in the next segment how i feel about everything but the controversial moment came from his acceptance speech and he actually offended a lot of people during the speech and i totally understand why because he chose the most tone deaf words and they were pretty problematic i think and just almost so tone deaf you would think like a karen said them or something it was just like how is Harry, who seems like he's pretty hip with, you know, what's going on with cancel culture and everything and the political climate and snowflakes these days. <laughs> I'm a snowflake, but you know what I mean? Like he, why would he say this? So he said in his acceptance speech that since this is the biggest award in music, quote, this doesn't happen to people like him very often. This doesn't happen to people like me very often. And this is so, so nice. Thank you very, very much. I know it seems so innocent, but the reason that pissed people off is because what does Harry mean by that? Like that was supposed to be the sentimental moment of his speech, but what did he mean? People like me don't win this award very often because if we're looking from the outside, Harry Styles is white, cisgendered, always been middle class. He is someone who does not claim to be queer. He has never specified. So you're not claiming queerness and wearing it as a badge of honor. Do you know what I'm saying? As someone who gets hate crimed, do you know what I'm saying? Like, why would he say that if he's not queer, if he's not anything? It seems like the type of person who wins album of the year is actually exactly like Harry. <laughs> so it just seems like, oh, he sounds really tone deaf because in the past, someone exactly like him wins almost every single time. You know who that doesn't happen for? Who doesn't usually win that award very often? Uh, uh, Beyonce. That doesn't happen for Beyonce. Beyonce has now lost Album of the Year five times. And guess what? They were all two white people. 
We're talking Taylor Swift, Beck, Adele, Harry Styles. I forgot who the other one was, but imagine looking in a crowd with Beyonce and like Lizzo, who who you just beat, and like Mary J. Blige and Kendrick Lamar and all these other nominees that you just beat. And you're saying, this doesn't happen for people like me. Girl, read the room. Read the damn room, Harry. It may just sound like I'm the only one overreacting, but people on Twitter went crazy. It was the number one trend. The word queer was the number one trend. And a lot of it was about Harry. This tweet has, all these tweets have hundreds of thousands of likes. This one says, Grammys chose queer appropriation over queer appreciation. This doesn't happen to people like me very often, says the white man who uses queer aesthetics to sell records and won album of the year over a black woman. Well, multiple black women, three black women in the category, I believe. Beyonce's album actually had queer people on it, not just borrowed aesthetics and a nod. No shade, though. Harry Styles said, this doesn't happen to people like me very often. And I got to be honest, I can't think of a type of people that this happens for more. Did Harry Styles just say this doesn't happen for people like me very often when winning the album of the year? Like, you're a cis, straight, white guy. LOL. So those were all very viral tweets about Harry. And yeah, I agree with them. It looks so silly. And remember when I was saying in this podcast, it was kind of a while ago at this point, but I was talking about how I feel like people are getting fed up with Harry because he's not claiming queerness, but he just capitalizes on it more and more and more as his album cycles go by. And yes, I am a firm believer you don't have to specify your sexuality or anything like that. But when you're taking so many hints from a certain culture, you need to turn around and say thank you or say that you're appreciating it or it looks like appropriation. Beyonce in her acceptance speech for Best Dance Electronic Song, I believe, she said, I would like to thank the queer community for all of your love and for inventing this genre that she made her album in. So that would be seen as someone who is very aware that she is straight. However, she is appreciating the queer culture and she wants to make it very, 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 very known. She took time of her Grammy acceptance speech to say that. So that's why people are like, we love it. We love Beyonce. And now not only are we pissed at Harry for beating Beyonce, because people were literally like heckling at Harry in the crowd when he was giving his speech, which I thought was really embarrassing. Like you're not a two-year-old. That's called throwing a tantrum. You are all grown adults. You shouldn't be heckling Harry. They were saying things like, Beyonce should have won. Get off the stage. Literally, you can find videos of people saying that. And, but at the same time, people were like, wow, he beat Beyonce and he's showing like really no appreciation and kind of just like taking it all for himself. Like, this doesn't happen to people like me. Like, it just seemed very toned up. Now, let me defend Harry Styles a little bit. I like how I say all that. I'm like, he is a fraud. I hate him. <laughs> let me defend him for a second. I think what Harry meant by this doesn't happen for people like me very often is that someone like him who has a legion of fans who is primarily made of teenage girls or nowadays like 20 year old girls and came from a boy band who made the most kind of brainless bops who was very manufactured, very Disney-esque and now just makes pop music as like a little pop boy those acts are not usually appreciated when it comes to the Grammys and are not usually given the highest honor of the night, which is album of the year. So that's why I thought Harry was 
very, very shocked that he won. One of the Grammy voters, because they were doing interviews about how they pick who they want to win, the big categories. And these voters are real people. Like, there's not like an AI-generated algorithm that picks the objectively best album with the most, like, melodic chords or magnificent lyrics or whatever. That's what people think about the Grammys. It's not some, like, perfect algorithm that chooses. These are humans who work in the inner... Who, well, who work in the music industry who have a lot of experience and have been very awarded themselves who then get to turn around and pick who wins. So these are just humans and they have biases. They have not as much, I would say, reverence for the awards as they should. Some of the voters in these interviews were saying they didn't even listen to all the albums fully. They don't even know the artists that well at all but they still have to vote because they're on the board so just take that with you with what you will when it comes to the grammys and their voting and how they choose how people win it's not these voters don't have as much competence as you would hope but one of the voters said i hold harry styles origin story against him he's from a boy band and i never take those acts seriously so maybe Harry saw that and he got worried that he was going to lose. He wasn't going to win anything. And so he gets up there, he wins, and he's like, wow, I didn't think this would happen for someone like me. I think that's what he meant. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for that. But Harry, you've had a lot of warnings at this point. You really have. It's like almost three strikes you're out this time. You need to show more appreciation and choose your words more carefully before you turn around and appropriate things for yourself and use these situations to make it more about yourself. Okay, Harry Styles, and I'm going to leave it at that. Harry kind of got like karma that same night though. Not that he deserved any, but Taylor's boyfriend, Karma, was there because I was watching Harry Styles' performance of As It Was on the Grammy stage and it looked really awkward. It looked like he was really flustered, nervous, more nervous than I've ever seen him in his life. I don't know if you guys noticed, his hands were shaking, his notes were off. That was a big review online that Harry Styles had the worst performance of the night. He started on like a spinning red stage that was in a circle. I don't know if you've seen the As It Was music video, but similar to the circle he's spinning on in that one. And... There was a group of dancers on it and they seemed to be getting in Harry's way and blocking him. And Harry seemed to like stumble off of it when he was going to walk towards the main stage. It was just all a mess. Not aesthetically pleasing at all. And there was this part in the performance where he had to like hug this girl on the spinning stage like he does in the music video. And they drift away from each other, then come back in the circle next to each other and hug again. And Harry seemed like he didn't even want to touch this girl. But you can tell they were supposed to share like a intimate hug. So they like barely touched. He barely has his hands on her as if he's like a 13-year-old boy at homecoming. Not sure if he can touch his homecoming date's waist while they take a photo. It was like that curled up knuckles kind of touch. So I was just so disappointed for him that his performance went so bad. And then come to find out today on TikTok, one of his background dancers spilled the tea on what happened because it was that bad they had to spill the tea you guys so the background dancer said when the performance started they had the whole thing choreographed they knew how they were all going to move on this spinning disc but then 
right when the music set in, the spinning disc was spinning the other way that it was supposed to. So now the whole performance was backwards. He was doing this performance in mirror mode. So they, all the dancers, they said, were internally freaking out right when it started. And of course they were getting in Harry's way because they were not spinning the way that they were supposed to. So now they're clashing. At one point they were all covering Harry. I was like, what the fuck is happening? This like Abby Lee Miller would beat their asses right now in her wheelchair. She would get up out of it. It'd be a miracle. But it all made sense. And that really sucks for him. Taylor Swift was still jamming along with his performance, though. Uh, They were getting really friendly last night. I'm not even kidding. They were talking a lot. Taylor went over to talk to Harry during Steve Lacey's performance because, like, again, that's kind of just like a commercial break performance. No offense to Steve Lacey, but if it's not 15 seconds on TikTok, boo, I'm skipping through it. So Taylor goes up and walks to Harry, and she touches him on the shoulder, like, for a little bit during this conversation. I'm like, what? You're touching Harry on the, I don't, like, don't, don't, uh, touching on the shoulder? That's really intimate. I only touch people on the shoulder after the third date. So I was like, wow, they are really friendly exes. I wonder what they were talking about. What did Taylor want to say to him? Was she like, hey, me and Joe aren't doing so good. Are we out of the woods yet? Do you want to get back together? You still have that James Dean look in your eye. No, I literally bet you they were like, remember when we got in that snowmobile accident? Remember when you hit the brakes too soon? 20 stitches in the hospital room? You started crying and maybe I did too? Because Out of the Woods, Taylor Swift's song is about Harry Styles because they got in like an accident together and potentially killed someone. Wait, I need to write that down. That could be a good conspiracy theory on TikTok. Oh my God, wait, wait, wait. Conspiracy theory. Taylor, Harry killed someone. Love love making up rumors that people killed people perf i'm gonna get another cease and desist oh my god all right let's talk about the next controversy this was some fucking tea okay so this was one that i was really really anticipating because before the show even started a few days ago they were warning the christians out there to get their holy water ready to baptize themselves with after their children watch this um because they said that Sam Smith and Kim Petras' performance was going to offend a lot of Christians. And I was like, if anything is previewed as or teased as something that's going to offend a lot of Christians, I will buy it. I will go see it. That is so exciting to me. So they get out there and Sam is hitting the most fierce pose, latexed up, looking sexy. I don't care what anyone says. Sam Smith is sexy to me. And... Suddenly, like, 10 grudge dancers with the grudge hair, black, wet hair, as if they came right out of that well, crawl through the TV screen, and got on stage. They were all, like, headbanging to Unholy, circling around Sam, doing an obviously satanic ritual. And I was here for it. I was taking part of in the ritual through my TV screen. And Kim Petras was in a cage with flames going on around her and other drag queens by her with whips and... Very BDSM, uh, Satan worshiper shit. So right up my alley. Sam and Kim really had the Republicans shaking. Or maybe it was the Republicans trembles that they got from the vaccine. Hashtag thanks Pfizer. 
I actually feel so bad for Sam though because they already have to take so much hate from bigots online just for being plus sized and non-binary. And now every Karen and Carl are after them with their pitchforks and Confederate flags because of this performance. So yes, it was very demonic, but more so in the way like fierce slay demonic, not like insidious demonic. You know what I'm saying? Not like upside down cross exorcism, that kind of demonic. It was fun. It was camp. It was a theatrical performance. No one really took it that seriously, but you know, the Facebook groups of the Christian autumn fall girls were going off after that saying that Hollywood is tied with the devil and Pfizer pushing their agenda because the Grammys was sponsored by Pfizer. So they go, COVID was a hoax. Pfizer made billions of dollars so they can push more content like Sam Smith in a devil costume to our children. That's literally the immense state of delusion that some of these people are in, that they've lost themselves so deeply down that rabbit hole that they've lost all sense of touch with reality. Because in Sam and Kim's head, they're just putting on a fun, campy performance. In the Republicans' head, they're serious. They really want people to 666 give the devil a lap dance down in the seventh ring of hell with Lil Nas X. They really think it's serious. So Tucker Carlson said, they stormed Omaha Beach for this so Sam Smith can perform that. He really took it to, to that level. And no, they didn't storm Omaha for that. They stormed Omaha so we can have freedom to do whatever we want. You dumb bitch. They literally think that Sam is like the liberals' weapon of mass destruction. They think Sam is the little boy atomic bomb that liberals are now pulling out of our arsenal after all of this. Let me go read some of these tweets. Mommy don't know. Daddy's getting hot. This guy said... Well, not this guy. Marjorie Taylor Greene said, The Grammys featured Sam Smith's demonic performance and was sponsored by Pfizer. And the Satanic Church now has an abortion clinic in NM that requires its patients to perform a Satanic ritual before services. <laughs> American Christians need to get to work. What do they mean, perform a Satanic ritual? Do you think we're walking into Planned Parenthood and floating in the air and having our necks turn 360 degrees around. I'm actually going to plan parenthood in two days to get STD tested. I guess I have to perform a satanic ritual before I go in. So I better start practicing. I already have a lot of experience though. So don't worry. This one said, expose the evil minded Hollywood and insist on the unacceptability of grooming children. Sam Smith, Kim Petras. They weren't grooming children. I don't know what lengths they're trying to take, but they all need to like share a space at the local mental institution together. Michael Savage said, degenerate filth, psychopaths take over Grammys and you wonder why Johnny cannot read or add. No, Johnny can't read or add because you're filling his brain with nonsensical, illogical stories that are ruining his ability to solve any logical problem because he, he was not taught that through um, the leadership of his parents. That is why your son Johnny cannot add. Ben Shapiro said the Grammys annual trolling of traditionally moral people continued apace this year with a full on satanic performance from two white men, Sam Smith and Kim Petras. I'm sorry. It's just so crazy. It makes me chuckle at the cognitive dissonance of Ben Shapiro. And I love how he says traditionally moral people. They think traditionally is a synonym for correctly moral people. No, the word to me, traditional is an embarrassing word. Um, and yeah, I hate how people weaponize that word, 
it's embarrassing. So I think Sam accomplished their mission and I'm very happy for them. Elon Musk said, if that's Satan, we have nothing to worry about. <laughs> like if Sam Smith is Satan, we have nothing to worry about. And it's exactly Elon Musk gets it. He's crazy, but he gets it. And I appreciate him for that. It's not evil what they were doing up there. It's really not that fucking deep. I can go on a tangent about how Unholy is a really monumental song for Sam, but I won't do that right now. But you know what is evil? Evil is when Donald Trump says he's going to erase transgender people and take away their health care if he gets back into office. Evil is the don't say gay bill. Evil is when Donald Trump wants to make LGBTQ people lose their rights to marry and not be discriminated against in work or public spaces. Evil is when Donald Trump says he's going to brainwash the kids in schools, elementary schools, with only images of the nuclear family, um, if he has anything to do with it. Those are true evil, not Sam wearing a red bedazzled top hat with little horns out of it. But they're projecting, as always. And guess what? Sam and Kim won a Grammy. So they're winning. They're rich. They're happy. And spreading true joy in the world. Kim Petra's first ever transgender artist to win that award. True legend. I'm so happy for her. Her speech was everything. Go watch it if you haven't. Sam is now a five-time Grammy winner. So hey, yeah, wah-ho. They're on a roll. Riding so high. Achieving their goals. Said Ashley O. A true legend. So what can we learn from this? Like Madonna said when she introduced Sam and Kim Petra's on stage. If you're being provocative... If you're considered non-traditional, if you're considered controversial, if you're considered dangerous, or you cause conversation amongst others, or are condemned by others, you're probably doing something right. You're probably onto something. And you should take that form of shame that they're trying to give you and just let it fuel you more and let you know that you are being pointed in the right direction. And life is not about trying to make other people comfortable with your activities or how you want to express yourself the more discomfort other people express with things that you're doing when you're innocently just being yourself probably the better the more you are unapologetically living your life how you want to and if i make people uncomfortable when i'm at the gym wearing whatever i want that's on them not on me i'm just being me if i make people uncomfortable when i post on tiktok and talk about these controversial issues that's on them not on me if sam and kim make thousands of people uncomfortable that's on them, not on them. So make people uncomfortable today. The next thing I want to talk about that really had me uncomfortable, like this was some true, really, really sad, but also like tea, tea, uh, is with what, what happened with Quavo and Offset during the Grammys of the Migos. Their third Migo takeoff tragically died last year after he was shot during a dice game. I, I believe in behind the outside of like some local business some kind of store a bunch of people were just hanging out playing games together and someone had a gun a argument took place during a dice game and the gun was fired and it shot takeoff and he died and it was tragic i still can't believe that and then they had takeoff in the in memoriam segment this year at the grammys and i it was so like eerie seeing his face on the screen because takeoff was so young he was just there last year, and it's like, wow, he should still be here. He should still be alive. There's no reason why he shouldn't be. And it truly just hurt my soul seeing his face pop up. And I feel so bad for Quavo. I have every single day since. Anytime I see Quavo's face or even Cardi or Offset, I'm like, wow, like the pain they must be feeling. How 
awful. The whole situation is so devastating. And Quavo was actually performing during the In Memoriam segment. And they were having a bunch of faces of uh, passed away music legends and icons come up on the screen while Quavo was singing. And then at the end, Takeoff's face appeared. And Quavo performed his sad, tear-jerking song, Without You, that he wrote for Offset. I No, no, no. That he wrote for Takeoff. And you guys, the lyrics, we talked about it on a different episode, but the lyrics get me every time. He's talking about how he wishes he had a time machine so he can go back in time and keep him here with me so you could never leave me and I could hug my dog. Um, but that's not how life works. So I'll see you in heaven. And it's so like, I literally could have cried. <laughs> like seeing a man who's usually so tough on the outside, just he like, he like, he doesn't care about not seeming tough anymore. He's so depressed. He's going to pour his whole heart and soul out in front of everyone and cry in front of everyone. God, it makes me want to collapse and rip my heart out of my chest so I can just stop feeling and die. That's how it makes me feel. And Quavo held up Takeoff's chain to the crowd at the end of the performance. And your chain as, your rap, as a rapper is like your identity. It's like your heartbeat. It's a part of you. So the fact that his chain is still here, but he's not. God, it was just the saddest shit in the whole world. Um, but the gag, the whole drama behind this is that before Takeoff died, the Migos had split up because Offset and Quavo were feuding. So Quavo and Takeoff just became a duo. The feud was because Quavo said, quote, I just feel like we want to see our career as a duo because we just come from a loyal family. Sometimes when shit don't work out, it ain't meant to be. So that's what I think. The rumors are that something happened in the business world, like Offset was trying to negotiate himself some better situation than the other two in the group or do some shady deals within their record label but offset was just not being loyal to them in a business sense that seems to be what is going on here there was other rumors that offset slept with saweetie while quavo was with saweetie the icy girl but i don't think that's what happened those rumors seem to be have been debunked multiple times some people still believe it but i think it was for like a business sense anyway so quavo was performing solo during this in memoriam segment but Offset was at the show. So the T was that the Grammys asked Offset last second if he wanted to join Quavo on stage during the In Memoriam because they were all in that group together. And Offset said yes. He really wanted to be on the stage, even though him and Takeoff weren't really close in the last year of his life. He wanted to perform for his brother because they're all family. Um, I'm not, I don't quite remember how Takeoff and Offset are biologically related. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure if they actually are, but they're like brothers. You, do you know what I'm saying? They're family, maybe not by blood. But Quavo did not want Offset to partake in this performance. So minutes before Quavo goes on to do this really sentimental, slow performance, he, they're screaming at each other backstage. And Cardi B is with Offset, her husband, screaming at Quavo and Offset backstage. And there's a leaked audio, you guys, that I'm about to play of Cardi screaming at Offset and Quavo. It's insane. When I heard it, my jaw was on the floor. Can you fucking believe that? At the Grammys? In front of all these upper echelon people? the most important people in the music industry, you're screaming at each other backstage. I understand there's a lot of passion involved in the situation, but damn. 
Like celebrities, especially of that caliber, try to keep their drama that's that ugly behind closed doors. But of course, sometimes shit goes down. There's a million dollars on an elevator, you know, and their drama gets exposed. Can you believe Cardi was yelling that loud? Crazy. So Quavo ended up going out there alone without offset. Who knows how the fight settled? What happened? Maybe Cardi talked offset out of it. I don't know. But I think it was best for Quavo to go up there alone because Takeoff was his nephew. So I know that they're blood related for sure. And I, I feel for Offset in this situation because, of course, you know, Takeoff was a part of his whole life. They were with each other and they want to celebrate Takeoff's whole life, not just the last year. So I get why Offset wants to be a part, but I also get why Quavo doesn't want him to be a part because it's like if you're not going to be there for Takeoff thick and thin through everything, you're trying to do something shady to him or whatever. In the past, why should you perform with us, with me on stage right now to commemorate him? So I guess I understand, but the whole thing is just very sad to me that his death doesn't seem to be bringing them together um, closer. It seems to be maybe doing the opposite. And when you lose someone like that, you hope to gain other friends or remind yourself that life's problems or slightly little human issues are not that important. And you can put those behind them finally. But it seems like they still can't put their issues beside them so the whole situation makes me very sad and i wish the best for quavo and offset going forward something else that really pissed me off at the grammys this made me really mad is that there was no surprise female performer i don't know if you guys saw the tweet before or all the confirmation posts but the grammy producers confirmed that there was supposed to be a surprise performance from an artist who was not nominated this year and it was going to be someone who is not a nominee and who really wanted to put on a last minute performance. And they were trying to put a set together and build a band for them. And it was a fan favorite female. So who the hell is that? So it's not Taylor, not Adele, not Beyonce. And they're all nominated. So I was thinking like, maybe it's Dua Lipa. Maybe it's Olivia Rodrigo. She's there that night. Maybe it's... Cardi B, she's there but not nominated. It's clearly someone who's famous enough that they could do a surprise performance and will still get the Grammys good ratings. So who the hell is it? And but like no one came out the whole time. There was no surprise female performance, not at all. So that was something very disappointing to me. At one point, Beyonce was supposed to accept an award, like one of the first awards of the night, but she was apparently stuck in traffic. That's what Trevor Noah said on stage. But I thought that was like kind of like a hint, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Beyonce's a surprise performance and she's backstage getting ready or something. So I was going off. I was so excited. I was like, it's going to be her. And they posted photos of disco balls. That obviously makes you think of Renaissance. So I was like, ah, it's Beyonce. Like we're getting the Renaissance medley. I was so excited. And then Beyonce just comes out of the crowd and she's like literally seeming like she was late because she was stuck in traffic insane maybe she was actually finishing her illuminati ritual backstage or building up the courage to kiss jay-z in public in front of everyone at the grammys i don't, I don't, I don't know i don't know she called jay-z beautiful during her speech jay-z beautiful i'm not saying anything all i'm gonna say is it must be the cash because it ain't your face also some tea i can't believe olivia rodrigo and taylor swift didn't 
interact all night. They were both there. Those two girls have beef. How does Taylor go from being Olivia's idol and Olivia's this major, major fangirl crying on her bathroom floor, listening to Taylor, jumping on her bed with Conan Gray, the biggest Swifty of all time, to they like hate each other now. They never speak. They never mention each other. They never tag each other. They were like those annoying best friends who always want to let the world know that they're together on their social medias in the past. And now it's just completely silent. And I bet you it is because of the deja vu drama where um, Olivia allegedly sampled Cruel Summer on deja vu. So Taylor Swift like made Olivia give her credit, which like Olivia, why are you mad if you sampled her? Just give her credit. That's shady. It just seems silly and it makes me sad that they have drama, but I don't know. I'm, I, I have mixed opinions about Miss Olivia Rodrigo. She was giving nothing during her presentation tonight. Her outfit was giving drying paint on a wall. Her personality was giving talking to a wall. She was giving plank. She was giving talking robot with no emotion. Nothing exciting about her. I, I kind of forgot she was even there. So who knows what she has in store for her next era, but it better be good. But yeah, the Grammys were an overall success. 12.4 million viewers uh, up from last year by a lot. Last year only had 9.6. So The biggest award in music. Hmm? Quite a bold title that the Grammys give themselves. And the Grammys literally start wars online after the winner was announced. Because you know how hard those stands go. If you literally don't say the Pledge of Allegiance to Nicki Minaj every morning, the barbs will call you a faggot, dox you, and threaten your life. So these fans are very intense. You can only imagine the discourse that has been happening on Twitter these last 24 hours after the biggest awards were handed out. So let's talk about them. Let's talk about who won and if we agree with them, if I agree with them, and if we're angry with them. And we are. And you all know which category I'm talking about. So let's start with album of the year. The biggest one of the night, by the way, that they announced in the last like five seconds of the show that I'm always on the edge of my seat for the whole time. They're just edging me the whole time. The award went to Harry Styles for Harry's house. Ah! Ah! I was so excited because I predicted he would win on TikTok. And my video where I predicted he would win has 1.8 million views now. So I had a lot riding on that. I can't believe it got so many views. I didn't really think a lot of people would care who I you know, predicted who was going to win. But my prediction track record for the Grammy album of the year is literally perfect except one year from 2016 to 2023 now i didn't guess 2022 but literally no one did not not even the guy who won last year predicted that he would win so i think people were interested to see if i would fuck up because as we know i'm very good at predicting celebrities deaths i'd be the grim reaper out here snapping necks cashing checks uh knocking on people's door and taking them to the afterlife so i guess i'm really good at guessing album of the year as well because i was right I was so shook like when Trevor Noah opened the envelope said the Grammy goes too and then he runs over to that old lady to give the award 
to announce that it was Harry because she was his super fan. I knew he won, but I was like, no way she's going to say it. She's going to like, they're trying to throw us for a loop or something in my head. And then she actually said Harry. And I like fell to my knees. I was screaming. I was so happy because everyone in my comments was like, Harry's not going to win. Beyonce's going to win. The queen Adele will win. They were saying everyone except Harry. And for some reason, I just knew the way the Grammys vote on an album, it's like they need an album to have every single factor of like just every color of the rainbow on the spectrum on it, if that makes sense. But still in a commercial vibe. So they need them to have big hits, commercial selling bangers, but they also need them to have some kind of uh, deep introspective, like personal aspect on the album and something that relates to society as a whole on the album paired with ballads and wrapped up in a nice little box with a bow. And that's what Harry's house was. So I knew he was going to win. I knew Beyonce would not win. I think she had no chance out of all the times Beyonce has been nominated for song for album of the year. This was the time she had the least amount of chance to win. I'll just tell you all that. I, I don't even think she was in second place. You guys, I truly don't. Not because it was bad. I love Renaissance, but Beyonce was singing about, you know, paint the world, pussy pink and ride it like a rodeo when i'm on top church girls acting loose bad girls acting snobby so it's like and she was like drop it like a thotty drop it like a thotty boss that ass boss that ass i knew beyonce was not gonna win just because of the content it was too queer of an album unfortunately um too house music dancey i knew adele wouldn't win just because 30 didn't impress the way 25 was. And 25 and 21 were both made for mass consumption and 30 was not. So I knew she would not win. I knew Lizzo was a maybe underdog to win, but special didn't have the little extra oomph that it needed to really seal the deal. So I kind of knew Lizzo wasn't going to win either. So it was a very obvious pick for me. Um, And yeah, I'm so happy. I feel like the pop culture sidekick, but it's truly a science and I have a PhD in pop culture. So as we know, the One Direction uh, boys actually shared some really cute messages for Harry. I was surprised because like what an arc to see as a Harry fan going from a little boy who could look like, you know, Bambi dancing on the X Factor stage, looking so young and baby like now growing up, having the most successful solo career ever, even more than One Direction and then him winning album of the year like what a fun ride to go on as a fan i'm not even a big harry Styles fan but the stylers must be having the best time so i'm really happy for y'all uh liam payne said wow this image is really something to wake up to and when you write music like you do harry you deserve every millisecond of that moment looking down and smiling at that trophy that you've earned god bless you brother congratulations how humble of liam because liam is not the most humble as we know Liam probably thinks that Harry should thank Liam for his career. Liam is like, you guys know Harry learned everything that he knows from me. I was the lead member of One Direction. He just was my background bitch learning from me. I'm surprised that's not what he said. Niall Horan said that he's very proud. We love the the Irish lad, Niall Horan. Um, Louis, I almost forgot his name. Louis almost didn't say anything. Louis didn't say anything at all because... Um, Louis probably still mad about Harry and his breakup and the fact that they had to keep their gay love a secret. So too many emotions for Louis to say anything. Zane probably is busy shoving Yolanda Hadid into a dresser and calling her a slut. So he can't be on his phone right now. But the other two boys said that. And I do think Harry deserved it. Just given the criteria of the Grammys best album. I mean, there's no objective way to say he had the best album. So, but yeah, 
Jay-Z said Beyonce should have won because, quote, look what it's done to culture. Look how the energy of the world moved. When it just inspires creativity, that's an album. That has to be the album of the year. It has to be. He's a really good husband for saying that because he's clearly not going to be like, yeah, I loved Harry's album. Yeah. He's not going to say that. So record of the year. The winner was Lizzo about damn time. Can you believe it? I really couldn't believe it. I love Lizzo. You guys know I'm obsessed with Lizzo. I went to her concert just because I wanted to support her and I believe in what she's doing so much. I think Lizzo is such a soulful artist who is impacting society in really deep ways that we're not even going to realize how deep until like five years from now when we look back. People at her concert were going harder for her than I've ever seen at a concert ever. She had the crowd screaming, like jumping up and down. They were foaming at the mouth for Lizzo. So I think Lizzo has a more powerful fan base than we all think. And I think she's kind of seen as, I think she'll be respected now in an even bigger, most immense way. And she'll kind of be revered as not quite a Beyonce type, but, you know, sis, like sitting at the same table as Adele now. Because she was physically sitting at the same table with Adele tonight, but I think she's going to be respected as that kind of monumental artist now. And I agree that she deserved the win. I think she deserves that sort of respect around her. I truly think as it was, was the bigger record just because of the streaming numbers and how it took over society this year. But I do think about Dem Time is worthy of the award. And it was something that I thought could be an underdog. So I'm not that surprised. Liz was the first black woman since 1994 when Whitney Houston won for I Will Always Love You. Yeah, put that into perspective. Insane. And Lizzo's speech was so cute. It just radiated so much joy. She gave a huge shout out to Beyonce and said that uh, she skipped school and she was in fifth grade to see Beyonce perform. And Beyonce is the artist of her life, <laughs> just like Adele said. And uh, she said that she dedicated her life to making happy music after Prince died. So random. I feel like Lizzo kind of reminds me of Lady Gaga a bit. Like she kind of lies a little to make her speech or her work more meaningful because Gaga will always be like, I gave up my own identity for over a year to play Patricia Reggiani in House of Gucci. And like, no, you know, you didn't Gaga. Like you really didn't. Song of the year was the biggest shock of the whole night. Shock. And it was the most competitive category of them all. So there were... Beyonce, Adele, Harry, Lizzo, and Taylor Swift nominated in this category. And Taylor Swift for All Too Well. All eyes were on Taylor. Because Taylor's never won Song of the Year. The songwriter of the generation, of the lifetime, I think the best songwriter to have ever lived, Taylor Swift, has never won Song of the Year. A songwriter's award. It's only based on the lyrics. That doesn't make sense to me. That is so embarrassing to the Grammys in the first place. And especially with All Too Well, it is widely considered the best song in her discography. The very best. Like, Taylor's pulling out her ace. Nothing else up her sleeve. The best thing she's ever written. And she extended the song to 10 minutes. And made a movie for it. Made a damn fucking short film for this song. This 10-minute song that was number one on Billboard. That's, like, impossible to do. 
what more does she have to do? So we were all like, okay, you know, Jill Biden is up there presenting this award. She's going to say Taylor Swift. And she says, and the Grammy goes to Bonnie Raitt for her song, Just Like That. Huh? Who? Who? No one knows. Bonnie Raitt, looking back now, I looked up her name on my Spotify, and I actually do have one of her songs liked on my Spotify list. Her song, I Can't Make You Love Me. I can't make you love me if you don't. You can't make your heart feel something it won't. That's a really good song. I love that song. That's like my like getting broken up with song. I'm like, I, I can't make you love me because I know you don't. That's a really good song. That like if she won for that one, I would get it. But she won for her song just like that. That song has like less it, it, it doesn't even have like 40,000 streams on Spotify. No one knows this song. It's a good song. I listen to it. It's kind of about like a woman looking back on when the man she loved was still alive. And the theme of the song is kind of like, you know, and just like that, he was gone. Like, and they're kind of looking back on their life, but it's not like the most amazing thing. Like, I don't think I could listen to it more than once. Bonnie Raitt was even surprised. She was, you can tell winning was not even on her mind. She was thinking like it was four hours past her bedtime because it was 8 p.m. And she was wondering who Harry Styles even is or anyone in these categories because she's an older lady. She's still fierce, though. She has like gorgeous red hair and a gorgeous like blonde little streak in the front. She's gorgeous, but no one expected her to win. And I think she almost like felt bad up there. But you know what? We shouldn't take it out on Taylor. I mean, we shouldn't take it out on Bonnie. We should take it out on the Grammys. We need to storm the Grammys on January 6th <laughs> with flags with Taylor Swift and Beyonce's faces on them because truly it's fucked up. Maybe this was like a bucket list moment for Bonnie Raitt. So I'm happy that she got that. You know, the bucket may be approaching. <laughs> I'm kidding. So um, good for her. But isn't it gag worthy that there was an award show where Taylor Swift didn't talk once? She literally did not say a single word on stage crazy because usually she's always pretending to be shocked that she won again and she literally lost everything gag insane that's unheard of and she actually looked sad like she literally looked upset after and remember that scene in her documentary where she was crying after reputation didn't get nominated for album of the year like she was crying so i bet you she was literally like holding back tears sad and there was a performance after that award was given out I forgot who, but Taylor was still dancing and standing up because she's a supportive artist, legend. But she was like swaying in like a really sad way. Like she wasn't doing the awkward arm movement dancing that she normally does. So it was a sad sight to see. But what can we learn from all of this? I think we can learn from this that, you know, Adele, Taylor Swift and Beyonce all losing is that even the most winningest people of life lose. No one is immune to losing. No one is guaranteed to always win just because they were born superior or born better those people win because they aren't afraid of putting themselves in the position to potentially lose you know they showed up to the grammys having no idea if they were going to win or not and they have to lose in front of the whole world beyonce has now won the most grammys out of anyone ever she's has won 32 grammys now or 33 i believe and so yeah she's like broken the record as the most like winningest grammy winner ever 
but she's also lost so many times. She's been nominated for like 60 or something. So she's lost almost just as many times as she's won. So I think there's a lesson in even the baddest bitches on the planet. Cause you guys are all the baddest bitches on the planet. You're still going to lose sometimes and you're just going to have to keep going and keep doing what feels right for you and doing what you love and not being afraid to lose every once in a while because you will win just not every time but you will eventually win All right, students, gather around. It is now time to choose an unlucky one of you for me to publicly embarrass you with some personal drama that really didn't work out that well for you in front of the whole class. So I'm going to do what they call a reaping in the Hunger Games and pull someone's name. Primrose Everdeen. Today we will be dwelling in the upsetting personal life of Valley Latini. Valley Girl, that's her username on Instagram. And she sent me this insane dating story of what she's gone through recently with a fuck man. And it had my jaw on the floor when I was reading it. I was in a public place too. And people were like, what the hell is he reading? What is he seeing on his phone? If only they could have known. And now you're about to know. So, first of all, Valley Girl. That's what I'm going to call you, Valley Girl. You are so gorgeous. You look like Maddie from Euphoria. You are so confident and fierce with your looks. You're serving. I'm gagging. I'm literally choking. Your foot is on my neck. You look amazing. Like, you guys need to go check her out on Instagram. Valley Latini, L-A-T-I-N-I. That's the name. Gorge. And how, like, a guy would have to be so dumb to want to fuck you over like this. But let's get into it. So buckle up, because it's going to be tea. So, bum, 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 Valley says. Okay, Patty, this is the story. I've been friends with this guy for, like, six years. Let's call him Reggie. I instantly think of Reggie Bush. A sexy chocolate man, very hot. And you know, I'm gonna consider this man to be hot for now because a girl like you needs a guy like, you know, that's hot. So his name is Reggie, and he did a lot of nice things for me while we were friends. Things like support my art and music and take me on several really nice trips. Oh, girl, he has all the money. Give it to him all. I ended up falling for him and I asked him out on a date. Okay, you asking him out for the day. Okay, feminism. The date went great and things progressed into an open relationship. Push the brakes. Put the brakes on that. An open relationship? I am very confident, but also I cannot have an added layer of stress to my life like an open relationship. I think I'd have less stress in my life having three children running around my house, throwing up on me and pooping on me than having an open relationship. But okay. Maybe can go good. You know, I'll try to be progressive. 
So Valley says that she told him that she is polyamorous from the get-go. And he said he was cool with that. Two months into dating me, he said he had another girlfriend. Let's call her Shelly. See, right there is when I would flip. I'd be like that guy from Split. The monster would come out and I'd start breaking people's bones. I'd be like, you have another girlfriend? Who said you could do that? Even if we're in an open relationship, who said you could do that? I'd go crazy. I didn't think anything of it since we were in an open relationship. Girl, good for you. You you are so calm, cool, collected. But that should have been my first clue to leave. So a while I was fine and respected his relationship with Shelly. I like how you gave her the name Shelly because I don't really like that name. So I, I like that we're giving the op the name Shelly. You respected his relationship with Shelly, but eventually I started getting frustrated because he started taking her on trips and going MIA. Wow. Wow. I know that you get deja vu. That's what it's giving me. Like he used to take you on trips and I was taking her on trips. Fast forward to October. He tells me he and Shelly broke up. I told him I'm sorry, but in my head I was low key glad because that meant all his attention and emotional resources would be on to me. That'd be such a trippy feeling helping your boyfriend through his breakup. I'm sorry. I can't live in a multiverse of madness like that in my personal life. Continuing. But instead of that, he was spending the same amount of time with her and still going MIA. So one day I was walking to his house with one of my bandmates and his neighbor came up to me and said, how was the party last night? Sorry, I couldn't make it. Your boyfriend invited me. Ooh, he, he didn't tell you he was throwing this party. So I immediately was like, I didn't know there was a party. So I went to Reggie's house and confronted him and asked him what he did the night before. And he said to me, you know, just hung around the neighborhood. So I was like, I heard you had a party last night. How was it? And why are you lying to me, liar? Yes. Yes. I love how you went from zero to 100. Like you already knew the truth. See, Valley Girl is smart. She only asks questions she already knows the answers to. Why are you lying to me, liar? Because she wants to know if he's a liar. Perfect. Take notes, class. So he then proceeded to tell me, you know you're not the only one I'm dating. To me, to Valley, this was news. Because based on what he told me, he'd only been dating Shelly and I. <laughs> so I asked him who it was. He said it was his best friend, Katie. It's always the fucking Katie's. And that the relationship had been on and off for over a year? Oh, uh-uh. Uh-uh. And he told me he has a problem with being polyamorous and that he wanted to be monogamous with me. Okay, 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 okay. I see what's going on here. He realizes that in an open relationship, you need an immense amount of trust. And he was realizing that he was not giving you that trust because he was being shady. He had another girlfriend, Katie, and he was still with Shelly, even though he told you that they were broken up. So he's trying to save his own ass by giving you potentially what you secretly wanted was to just have him by yourself. He's trying to save his own ass because he wants you. Then you continue, Valley. I wasn't seeing anyone else that I was really feeling at the time, so I agreed to monogamy. Honestly, that's fine, yeah. Have, have a placeholder. Why not? Let him keep you company. Do satisfy you the way you need it, you know? That same night, I demanded that he break up with Katie. And he did supposedly the very next day he said that he really wanted me to trust him and voluntarily shared his location with me wow interesting i'd be like what's the catch i'd be like are you are you gonna put a tracker on my ankle what's the catch i thought it was really sweet and a great new beginning but the feeling was short-lived 
when he was MIA that same night. And when I checked his location, I saw that he was over at Katie's house and he spent the night there. What an idiot. He was like, maybe if she has my location, she just won't check it. And that will make her feel so comfortable that she'll just never check it. And I can go cheat on her with Katie, even though I said I was going to be monogamous. What a flop. So he spent the night at Katie's house and you were, so she continues, I was already having a very crazy week because I was in the process of dropping an album. Okay, boss, bitch, CEO, and planning a listening party. Okay invite me next time. So I decided to not bring it up anymore for my own sake. She said, I have too many of my problems. I have 99 problems, but you won't be one, Reggie, per. Two weeks later, we were in Miami on different trips, but we decided to meet up. Nothing good ever happens in Miami. He originally had invited me to a boat party, and then he had uninvited me the day of when he acted surprised that he thought, that I thought that I was coming. I went off on him and confronted him about being disrespectful and staying over at Katie's house. His excuse was that Katie had gotten pregnant with his baby and she had a miscarriage that night and he had to be there for her. I was so hurt and heartbroken that I was, that I told him he wasn't allowed to see Katie while I was abroad in my home country, Colombia, because it would give me too much anxiety he agreed. When I came back to Atlantic City and he blew over $15,000 at the casino in one night while you were gone, I wondered to myself, why is this man spiraling? Later on, I discovered him sneaking around and going to church with her. Talk about sacrilegious, you said. (laughs) Oh my God, this guy is a mess. I feel like we're going to see Reggie on the local news on a most wanted list at one point. And now we'll go, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard about him. Turns out he was promising to her heaven and back. So I broke up with him without even explaining that I knew anything about that or anything about him sneaking around with her. I feel so much better now and like a weight has been lifted off my shoulder. Wow. First of all, he lies about or potentially lies about her miscarrying his baby. Why do I feel like he was just lying? He was like, oh, no, I had to be there for her that night. He couldn't have just explained that to you. He has to go behind your back and then get caught about it. And that's his excuse. Men are so evil and crazy that that really would be something that they would lie about. Men will lie to the grave. It's so insane. They'll use like death or just a tragic event like that to get away with their actions. It can really send chills down your spine how much a pathical liar can lie. And lying is like a bag of chips. Like you can't just lie once. These liars... I, I know someone who literally had to go to therapy for lying because they would just do it so often. Um, so you never know what level they would take it to. And that's why when someone lies to me, they get one strike and they're out. I don't care what you lie about. You're done. So thank God you're away from him. Spent $15,000 at a casino. Poor decision-making skills for sure. Very impulsive. Cannot stick to his word. But I love your whole attitude throughout the whole thing. I feel like you were so confident being polyamorous. You, you know, felt a little bit for Reggie. You were having fun with him. You you appreciated what you guys had, so you tried to make it work. But not so much that you were going to let him stress you out the whole time that you were together. And that's really admirable and cool as fuck. You really are a boss-ass bitch who's not going to let a man waste your time, whether he is your man or not your man. You're always going to make your relationship 
with yourself and being your own girlfriend the most important thing like that's actually so cool that you were with him but didn't let him bother you at the same time you were like he did something so crazy to me but i was dropping an album that week so two weeks later i confronted him about it that's so hilarious to me valley girl and she she gave us the lesson on this story in my dm she said so if someone hides a significant other from you for two months who knows what else they're capable of for sure just the broader lesson is like if someone lies once they are a liar and they have already given up their morals on being an honest person so who knows how far they will take it I also really love how you didn't feel the need to babysit him because a lot of women do feel the need to babysit their boyfriends. You were like, let me just do what I want to do. I'll let him do whatever he wants to do. I won't put him on a leash. And you just watched him spiral and broke up with him when you needed to. So I think you went about everything so perfectly. All right, you guys. Well, thank you for joining me on Pop Culture University today. I hope you enjoyed it. This was like my Grammy special and we'll get back to the regularly scheduled tea next uh well on friday for the new episode um if you want to be featured in the next what would you like to share with the class please dm me a juicy story i absolutely love reading them some of y'all's lives are crazy and it's like my own personal like confession submissions i love to read through them they're so hilarious so send me some piping hot tea please put me on your story today and then send me something and i'll see it immediately I'll get you on the next one or the one after that or whenever because there's a lot of crazy stories in there. So shout out to Valley Latini again. Go check her out. Go check out her music. Check out everything. Um, and yeah, rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a cute little review. Screenshot yourself listening to it. Post it to your Instagram story and tag me. I will hit you up. Tuesday, Friday classes. Never forget. Tell everyone. Tell Jesus next time he visits you. Mm. And yeah, have an amazing week. Stay safe out there. I love y'all and I'll see y'all Friday. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.